This episode of the Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy, supportive courses to help you overcome stress and anxiety. To celebrate our 10th anniversary, all of our Anxiety Slayer Academy courses are 50% off through the end of October when you use the coupon code HALF PRICE SALE. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my longtime friend and co host, Ananga Sivier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. We've been sharing a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety for 10 years. And today is a conversation about our 10 years together and celebrating our 10 year anniversary. And thanks to all of our listeners who wrote to us, sent us emails, and had questions for us today. Hello, Ananga. Hey, Shen. So, happy anniversary. Thank you. (laughs) Happy anniversary to us. Today, we're going to talk about our friendship and experience together over the last 10 years. We'll share how we met, our journey, some of our favorite moments, and feedback from our community and from all of our listeners who've been with us for so long. 10 years, 470 podcasts, 6.25 million downloads. And our first in-person visit this spring, March of 2020. I guess we should explain a little bit about what that means, our first in-person visit. Yeah. It's just wild to think that, um, that 10 years ago we had our, probably be a little over 10 years ago that we had our first conversations and that in all this time and all this work and all of our conversations and weekly meetings and stuff that we haven't been in the same room together yet. And so it's exciting to have the tickets purchased and know that I'm on my way to visit you this spring. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. We've become very close friends and our listeners might not know that our relationship is purely voice and heart to ear. Yeah. never seen each other never been in the same well we are in the same room together but not physically and for me that's been a really interesting unfoldment of a relationship that it really stems from hearing hearing each other and it just shows you that you don't have to be in the same room to do that and I was just pondering on that how sometimes people are in the same room together but they're not connecting the bodies are in the same space but the hearts and and minds maybe looking at phones or thinking about other things. And uh, it's just really interesting to me that our entire relationship is built on hearing each other and that undivided attention that that comes with that. And I think it's quite wonderful. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) I have a big smile on my face right now. (laughs) I'm trying to think back, um, which friend of ours, which was it, was it Jonathan? Um, Who was it? that introduced us or thought that we might uh, want to support each other or like, how did, I think you found me. Yeah. But I think there was. Um, Jonathan Mead. Jonathan Mead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I remember you saying that he suggested you look me up, but I'd already found you when I was blogging for Living by Design, my own personal blog. Right. And um, just following other women that really inspired me. And I thought I had a lot to say. There was Positively Present I was following. And um, our friend, Carol 
Fogarty, who we were both mm-hmm. looking at, Rejuvenation Lounge. And uh, I was looking to work with somebody on offering more solid support for anxiety. I was blogging about personal development, Ayurveda, the mind, um, overcoming stress and anxiety from my background in teaching EFT tapping. And I was looking for somebody to collaborate with. And my idea was not for a podcast at that time. It was more of a course, a downloadable anxiety rescue kit. And I wanted to hang out with somebody else and create that with somebody somebody else. Uh, sometimes working on your own is wonderful and sometimes it gets a little bit lonely. So I was looking to collaborate and you were very much on my radar. And I reached out to three people and not knowing you at all at that time, I'd seen this amazing photo of you oh. on your porch, <laughs> on your beautiful wall with the pebbles in your porch. And I thought, God, she's so cool. She has these amazing eyes. She's so pitta. I don't think she's going to come back. <laughs> I just thought you looked so cool. And your writing was very on point and yeah. So I reached out to three people and received nice responses from everyone, but you were actually the person I expected least to go for a collaboration, but you reached out very warmly you responded very warmly. And uh, we arranged to meet over Skype and talk and I shared my idea with you. And we kind of took it from there. We met up again and discussed a bit more. And then before we knew it, we were talking about starting a podcast which in those days 10 years ago podcasting was not what it is now right so different and at that time in in my life I was just a few years out of leaving my corporate job in, in television advertising and I was I believe I was already doing a podcast before we did anxiety slayer you were that's right you had this really cool intro. Yeah, I remember you had this really snappy little bit of music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, because I had been doing so much voice work at the television station, it just was a natural fit for me to mm. to move forward. And I liked interviewing people, and I had been interviewing people for my first book. And I think it was also right at the time that I was going through or just finished, perhaps, yoga teacher training. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of writing and work around that experience and coaching. And and honestly, at that point, anxiety wasn't really even on my radar, even though it was like obvious <laughs> that all of the things that I was enjoying and, and, and learning and teaching were certainly going to quell anxiety and lower stress and help you feel more comfortable in your body. But having conversations with you made me realize how we could put that, you know, put our experiences and expertise together and really offer uh, a nice congruent conversation and, and support people. And gosh, yeah. Yeah. 10 years. It's gone by so fast. And at the same time, it feels like I've known you forever. I feel the same. It's been, really been quite an amazing journey. And as you were talking, I was remembering pressing to click through to uh, iTunes to launch our first episode and uh very different to what we have now we both agreed that we'd record a solo piece something that that we felt was speaking to stress initially Mm -hmm. and uh we both kind of went away and recorded something and came back and then just remembered sitting and like okay here we go setting up everything and to go through to itunes setting up the feed and you know recording the thing and editing it and uh I'd, I'd also been doing some voice work with meditations and and workshops so that was okay 
and uh, I had my setup as a musician. So that was all in place. That was all right. But it was just clicking through to to put that first episode up. And it felt like a big thing at the time, mm-hmm. quite a bold move forward for me. And then we began coming together with more themed conversations or things we wanted to share and just develop this. Right. What we have now came quite quickly, I think. Yeah, very naturally. From that point, very organically. And then, of course, the Anxiety Slayer branding uh, is something we should probably share a little bit (laughs) about. I've shared this before, probably a couple times, but uh, when you have almost 500 podcasts, I don't think I've talked about it that much. But I am a big Joss Whedon fan and a Buffy the Vampire fan. And just about anything Joss has done, I, I think he's pretty amazing. And I really loved how much he focused on empowering women or you know women who are strong. And, and certainly Buffy fits that mold. But I just had this knowing that we were Anxiety Slayer and that it would stick. And I, I remember your your reaction was, you know, humor and yeah, that's it. You know, it was just like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I mean, we even started our initial branding and stuff using the Buffy the Vampire Slayer font, which is, you know, like kind of this bloody drippy. We did, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't gross, but, you know, it was what they used for uh, Buffy because it was available to us. Yeah, we did. I looked up a Buffy font online and I found a font called Buffy. <laughs> And we had that for the header on our website, yeah. and we had a, a different butterfly. It was a more digital butterfly with this kind of light coming out of it. And uh, and then your daughter so graciously, kindly painted our new one. Yeah, about five years ago. Yeah. We went more towards the light. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bit cleaner, a white website, and yeah, we remodeled the site five years ago. And yeah, that was our new image was a... Uh, watercolor painted butterfly that she did specially for us in our colors, which has served us very well. And then remodeled the site again, of course, just a few months ago this year. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking about how long it took us to even pay attention to our metrics, our numbers that we, we just were doing our thing. We just kept showing up and we knew that, that the, uh, our following that our community was growing because we were hearing from all of you, you were you were sending us emails and stuff, but we weren't really paying attention to listens and downloads and, and things like that. And I remember the first time that you realized that we had surpassed a million downloads. Yeah. And it was the first time that we even, <laughs> you know, even paid attention to that because we were just so in it to create good content and support people that it wasn't about the metrics. And certainly it's not that it's about the metrics now. It's just that we're reaching so many more people now. We've been around for as long as we have that we realize how far our reach has grown. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, truly international. Yeah. Um, when, when you look at the, the um, information on Podbean, where we host our show, people listen from all over the world, which is quite wonderful. And yeah, I mean, I I certainly wasn't looking at the metrics because, as you said, we were in it to help. We were doing our thing, showing up and and doing that. And initially we had set themes and topics for the show, but then questions started coming in. And really the show became quite quickly very question-based. Regular questions were coming in. And that, again, developed very organically. But one of the reasons I wasn't looking at the metrics was because I just didn't anticipate 
that we would clear a million listens, a million downloads. I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you think about it, you know, with me in the States and, and you in England and meeting on Skype or Zoom and making it as, as clean as we can so that our listeners are, are happy with the with the production quality, but also knowing we are in uh, two different countries uh, and with a ocean between us and technology, thankfully, has supported us fairly well over this trip. Yeah, and the way that things organically moved into listener questions was was really great because in the beginning, I would pretty much interview you and you know pull information and supportive information from you because you were the the anxiety relief expert. I was not. I've become that over these years, but you really were in it. You were had been teaching EFT, one of the very first teachers of EFT tapping in England. Yeah, I was very fortunate to be in there at the beginning and really seeing the potential for tapping, for calming anxiety, and just felt very strongly that if it helps, share it. Yeah. And uh, from my own journey with anxiety when I was young, just genuinely wanting to reach out and say, it doesn't have to be this way. If I'm finding something that helps, then I want to share it far and wide. And I remember very clearly that sense of losing myself to anxiety, um, just when your mind is suffering so much and almost uncontrollable thoughts and feelings in your body. And it was such a relief for me to be able to get on top of that and find ways to work with it. And then I felt very determined to reach out and help others do the same. I get very sad and, and disturbed when I see people suffering yeah. with their mind and, you know, really wanted us to reach out and help as many people as we possibly could. And tapping is one very wonderful, empowering way to do that. And at the same time, I was coaching and had been managing a sales force for years. And my umbrella company is True Balance International. So everything that I was doing my own work, my own practice, and what I was teaching and coaching was, was about learning how to balance your life and work, and not in a way that it's this perfect balance, but this loyal dance. That's what true balance means to me, is this loyal dance through your life where you're really mindful of how you're caring for yourself and what you're doing, and, and it just kind of melded beautifully with, with your expertise and the business background that I brought forward from from all those mm. years in corporate. And, you know, we just had this lovely mix of experiences and expertise, which turned into a beautiful friendship, which I'm so very grateful for. You are one of my best teachers, for sure, and one of my most revered friends and teachers on, on the planet. Well, I'm very grateful for the way our friendships developed. As you said, complementing each other with our approaches. I, I always look to you as the the boundary and spaciousness queen. <laughs> <laughs> Very expert with spaciousness and self-compassion and, you know, self, I don't want to say management because it's it's softer than that, but it's very together the way you teach, you know, looking after yourself, self-care, self-compassion, healthy boundaries, moving forward into structuring your life in a way that really supports who you want to be and the qualities you want to develop. And I think that goes really beautifully with my approach and my love of Ayurveda 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember the first time you were teaching me how to even pronounce Ayurveda. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember that clearly and uh, recording it and, and getting it wrong a couple of times until I could finally figure it out. Now, of course, Ayurveda is part of my life in a big way. Thanks to you and all I've learned up to this point. You know, and that's the thing. When things come together organically, it's such a, a beautiful thing. What I'd like to do now is switch gears a little bit and maybe answer some of the listener questions that came in. So let's let's start with uh, James. James asks us, what were our personal challenges with anxiety prior to knowing how to deal with it? I thought that was an excellent question. Yeah, um, for me, I guess, anxiety came up very strongly in me, actually. As a child, I was anxious. I can remember sitting on the bottom of our stairs in the hallway if my parents were out for the evening and I would be waiting for them to come home and I would always imagine the worst if they were late. I'd have my eye on the clock. Once it got past 9pm, I'd be rattling, you know, thinking they'd been in an accident or something. And I had a, a lovely uncle who would babysit me, but he had a tendency to watch films that I did not need to see. Oh. And that didn't help because he'd be in the lounge with the door open watching something. And uh, I'd be on the stairs. So I remember he watched one film set on a cruise ship where the floor fell out the ship and there was a little girl trying to reach out to her parents. That was my kind of nightmare. (laughs) Really, those things would affect me terribly. So I was always sensitive, Mm. anxious as a child. Um, I was always wanting to know more about life, deeper stuff. I wasn't comfortable that this was all there was, that people went to work and got old and and died. (laughs) It just wasn't enough foundation in that for me. So I was, I was looking, I was sensitive, I was very anxious. By the time I was a teenager, I was really suffering with definite anxiety. And I found it hard to be in groups around other people. I would want to run out the room. Sometimes I would. I wouldn't run, but I'd get myself outside. Uh, I'd be shaky. I'd be sweating at school. That began quite strongly. And I was very self-conscious that others would notice and, you know, secondary school think, what's up with her? Uh-huh. Uh, I can remember walking around in a thick jumper because I didn't want people to notice, oh. which didn't help, made me even harder. Sure. found it very hard to eat in front of others. I was very shaky, visibly shaky. My hands would shake. For many years, my hands would be very shaky, which I now know where that comes from and, and how to support it. But, um, yeah, I suffered horribly with anxiety for quite a while. Mine were a different nature. I I wouldn't call it anxiety, but I would call it stress and perfection and pushing too hard, uh, trying to be perfect. So really piling on way more than my young self was supposed to carry. And I'm still shedding that stuff. I'm still learning that I'm human and that I'm not perfect and that I can strive for excellence and that sometimes I need to stop and be sweet with myself and put something aside. Anxiety would come at times, you know, when I didn't understand, uh, you know, for instance, when I was younger and in more of a partying scene, drinking alcohol, when would start to detox in my body. I didn't understand that. It made me very anxious, very uncomfortable, and really, you know, don't ever want to feel that again. To be, to be honest, that feeling. I didn't know what that was until you told me what 
that was. We'd been having a conversation about it that, yeah, your body is working to get rid of the, the alcohol. And that creates these anxious pieces. And then more recently, as I'm moving through perimenopause, I'm starting to have more bouts with anxiety, you know, here and again. It's not a, a regular thing, but I can't even imagine being somebody that's not an anxiety slayer going through it, you know, knowing that I know what to do. I know how to care for myself. And I also can reach out to you if I'm suffering when things come up and I start to feel jangly. So it's been more of a stress and piling on and expectations than anything else. And then just mm. being mindful of uh, the changes that our bodies go through as we get older and, and being aware of how to care for yourself. Mm. Yeah. It's the key to peace, for sure. Hannah asks us, do you ever worry that you've burdened one another if you're going through a tough time with anxiety? And she says, I'm always worrying about burdening my friends. And the reason why you hear a little bit of a smile or a laugh in my voice is because, yes, both Ananga and I do sometimes worry we've burdened one another. But in uh, in our true friendship and, and honest fashion. No, we don't burden each other. We support each other. And some days I need support and some days you need support. And we're just so very blessed to be available for whatever is coming up in our lives. It's not just about anxiety. It's life. It's about what comes as uh, being a human being on planet earth. Yeah. I think when we worry about burdening our friends, we're less likely to do it. It means we're conscious of that possibility. Right. As, uh, Sometimes you can just, you know, blast in with your stuff and you, you're not aware. And then that's when people can be burdened. So I think just in that awareness that, you know, I sometimes worry about burdening my friends means we tend to err on the side of caution. You know, we've been working and in a, a friendship together as, we, as we're celebrating for 10 years. So we've been through a lot. It's a decade, yeah. a decade of life. And between us, we've experienced serious illness, loss, all kinds of life stuff. Right. My sense of our friendship is that we're both more than happy to show up for each other. We'd rather than the other suffer. I'd rather be here for you than for you to feel that you're, you're bothering me. I just want to be available. Mm -hmm. I'm available to you, and I know that goes both ways. I think, Shan, you've really helped me feel I can open up at times when I may have been concerned about burdening you. There was a, well, there have been a couple of spells. We're coming out of one now where there really was just one thing after another, really heavy stuff. And then, you know, I don't want to be the high maintenance friend with a lot going on, but I think we both know that there's a lot more to us and to our relationship than that. So, yeah, the concern's sometimes there, but I feel we're very quick to reassure each other and genuinely love and care for each other and want to show support, want to be real friends. Mm hmm. Charlotte asks, do you think anxiety can be passed on or that children who have parents with anxiety are more likely to have anxiety? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things coming to my mind in response to that. Yeah, anxiety can be passed on because as uh, Edith Eager, one of my favorite psychologists says, monkey see, monkey do. So for sure, if a child's in an anxious environment, it can be passed on. Also, 
looking at Ayurveda very often. Our body type, our doshic makeup goes through to our children. It can do, that they're of a similar type. But for me, you know, there's an upside to that, and it's more how we manage our anxiety. If we're more prone to suffer from anxiety, to a degree, that's beyond our control. Right. That's part of our nature. But how we cope with it, how we deal with it, and the skills and tools and self-care and self-compassion that we can pass on to our children. I know both of our daughters have benefited from what we've learned. And I hope from our example in trying to cope well with compassion and self-care. And I think that an anxious parent can be very sensitive to their child, and that can be a wonderful thing. Perhaps a, a parent that isn't prone to suffering from anxiety, if they have an anxious child, they might try and push through. Right. I do know of parents that try and push the child through. You know, come on, get it together. This is silly. Worst thing you can do. Yeah. The worst thing you can say to an anxious child. So I think that anxiety gives us an opportunity to share coping techniques, to share compassion, and to show real empathy if we have a child who suffers in a similar way to us, that we can be very understanding and very available. So yeah, it can be passed on, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Listening to it made me think about my father before he passed. Uh, I learned from from his friends, well, I guess it would be after he passed, I learned from his friends that he suffered greatly with anxiety. And as he was nearing the end of his life, there was just so much coming up. And he had learned about Anxiety Slayer, and he, he wanted to talk to me about it. We never got to have that conversation. But I just think about some of his coping techniques and how I wish I could have talked to him more about you know how he could have better supported himself because so many people just don't know and make choices to numb themselves out or to do different things that might not be in the best interest in the big picture, but but what to do, right? Yeah. And again, it really is about how we cope. And I think as a parent, it's it's okay to be going through what we're going through. Mm -hmm. It's just what we pass on. I can remember when I was very old, when my daughter was about five years old, and she'd come home from school and I'd be in bed. I couldn't get out of the bed. Yeah. And I was very concerned that she would have this ill mother and wasn't able to, to do much. But she said she genuinely doesn't remember it that way. I've asked her a few times. And she says, no, I just remember jumping on the bed and we'd laugh and you'd ask me about my day and, you know, I'd tell you about my friends. And she said, I just remember you being very present. Right, available, even though you were in, in your bed. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and she said it, it just didn't really occur to me that I had a sick mom. I just thought we used to laugh a lot and I could tell you anything and I was happy to come home to you. Yeah, what a relief. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. So again, you know, even if we're anxious parents, that might be our makeup and it might be something that we're going to have to manage and work with uh, possibly throughout our lives. But how we're showing up, that we can do something about. And Charlotte also asked us about if we believe that diet affects anxiety. And we both do absolutely believe that diet affects anxiety and with all of our conversations and about Ayurveda and about nutritional choices that we can make to support ourselves versus the ones that deplete us. Yes, yes, yes. We believe that diet affects anxiety. Um, <laughs> I'll let you speak to that more. Well, that's a whole episode, isn't it? It's something we have touched on in past episodes. So do look through the archives and 
you'll see some conversations on that. I have a course outlined for us that I would like us to be teaching in the near future called Nourish, and it's about nutrition for anxiety and nutrition for your mind and well-being. So that's something Shan and I have already started to discuss and might be coming down the line. So if it's something you'd like to learn more about, send us a message. Let us know we're on the right track for you and we can put that together. But yes, definitely diet affects anxiety in so many ways, from being careful about stimulants, being careful about blood sugar shooting up and down, and the more subtle nutrition that comes from the understanding of Ayurveda, of the energetic qualities of our food and which foods support us and which don't. And I think that uh, caffeine is a, is a big thing to just remind our listeners that if you're suffering with anxiety, please eliminate caffeine from your diet. Back it way down. If you can't eliminate it, back it way, way, way down. You will notice we've had so many people email us and reach out to us over the years that just that one item, just removing that one item has made huge changes and differences and and brought relief. Yeah, we had one man that wrote into us a, a while back now, and he said, "Yeah, just that stopping caffeine stopped his anxiety attacks. That was it. Yeah, finished." And that's something we touch on in some more detail in our first responder series for anxiety attacks, which will now be available in our half price sale. So, if you want to look at that stimulants and anxiety triggers, and then other ways of stopping anxiety attacks in their tracks, we'll be teaching in that course how to do that. Well, it does make sense for us to share that again. That. Every single course we've created at the Anxiety Slayer Academy is half off through the end of October. So if you've been thinking about experiencing any of these courses, this is the time to do it. We've never done this before with all of these courses, but we felt like 10 years is a big deal and we wanted to make everything available to you and for you at half price through the end of the month. Great time of year as well to take care of your anxiety. The Fall, autumn months are um, biggest challenge for anxiety sufferers. October is a very challenging month, so it's a great time to dig in with self-care and get support. Our last question comes from Kim, and she asks us, how do you not take on other people's anxiety and people who intentionally trigger you? Wow. Um, That's something we haven't been asked before, I don't think. Again, I think it comes to self-care and boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think we support each other very nicely with that if we feel triggered. You know, sometimes in our group, there's a lot of intense sharing. Yeah. And um, we have to be careful. Well, we've both had to take breaks from our own group. We've had to duck out here and there, mm-hmm. follow our own advice. For me, it's turn everything off, take a walk, meditate, read, just go to the places that nourish me and help me feel grounded. Um, I don't know that I've experienced intentional triggering, but I've certainly been triggered. I felt the same way. I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I've been intentionally triggered. I mean, certainly family members and children and and things that might feel intentional (laughs) because they're so close, but yeah, the triggers are, are inside us. The other piece that I want to bring forward too is, is the boundary setting part. If you have somebody that you love or somebody that you work with that is really stirring things up, it's okay to let them know that you're not available to hold space for them in that moment. That 
it's perfectly fine with permission to let them vent or whatever it is they need to do if you're available for that, if you feel like you can handle that. And if you don't, you get to speak that. And that's been a, a big part of, of my journey is, is learning when I'm available and when I'm not so that I don't just let myself get completely uh, depleted by holding space or you know by letting somebody else's energy leak all over me. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good point. We have that understanding between us that if one of us is sideways mm-hmm. and we feel that coming together you know, might send the other one sideways or, or we just need to rest and regroup a bit before we come together, then mm-hmm. we will do that. We'll reschedule. So I think, right. you know, respect for others, respect for yourself. That's certainly how I cope with taking on. Also, you know, to understand that anxiety does render us very, um, or it can render us very compassionate and very empathetic, and you really can pick up. You know, if I'm in a close environment with somebody, I can feel their energy so strongly. Yeah. You know, I've been in situations where you feel like you could practically touch it, and you can use tapping and bark flowers and different techniques, breathing, different ways to just settle into yourself. We don't need to fix or rush in to let others be and to uh, have those boundaries in place for us where we know when it's good to be available and when we might need to step back, as you said, Shan. Well, I want to thank everybody who who wrote to us and, and all of your questions have been fantastic. We're grateful to have the opportunity to answer those for you. And now I'd like to kind of slide over into some of our awards and recognition over the last 10 years. We don't toot our own horn that often, um, but we have received many, many awards and and lots of recognition from Psych Central, Healthline, The Mighty, BuzzFeed, Podbean, Huffington Post, Bustle, Lovely Refinement, uh, Psych Mob, Player FM, and and one of our favorite is from Podranker. Humor me and let me share what they have to say about Anxiety Slayer. They say, award-winning Anxiety Slayer podcasters Shannon and Ananga will help you slay that chronic villain in your life, but it's not going to be bloody like you imagine. It's going to be juicy with actionable steps. Anxiety takes its toll on so many people, especially those suffering from panic attacks, robbing them of a free and happy life, but it can be overcome, and this podcast is loaded with those slaying techniques. Knowledge will help you corner your enemy strategically from knowing the substances that trigger or help in anxiety to breathing techniques. Tackle anxiety on all sides and slay it good. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, Podranker. Thank you. Wow. We should uh, send them a tip. Yeah, right? It's really tight branding. (laughs) It was tight. It really was. Yeah, I love that. It's so fun. We're just, you know, we're grateful to be recognized. We're grateful for your questions. We're incredibly grateful for our friendship and that we can come together and continue to share in the way that we are. And we have lots of plans for the future. And just thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing to us and all of your kind words. The next time we come together, we're going to talk about some success stories and feedback from from more of you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so, so much. And thank you, Ananga. Thank you, Shan. Yeah, really, from me too, big thanks. We have so many listeners who've become friends, who've been with us from the beginning. 
we're so grateful. And some of us are connected on social media and we've got to see each other's lives and areas where we live, photographs, family. And I just had no idea what this would be. I thought, you know, we were yeah. just going to put together a, a useful anxiety <laughs> care kit, something that people could take. And, and it's just grown into this, you know, whole thing, you know, this anxiety slayer journey and, uh, and then bringing the academy in down the line with the online courses. And I had no idea that I'd be sitting here talking to you 10 years down the line and looking back at this, which does really just show you the power of creating from your heart and showing up, yeah. keeping going. Right on. And to celebrate our 10th anniversary, all of our courses are 50% off through the end of October when you use the coupon code half price sale. So visit anxietyslayer.com or anxietyslayer.teachable.com. And as long as you use that coupon code half price sale, you can get anything we offer in that academy for 50% off the regular price. And thanks again for listening.